Welcome back to the Stacked Podcast, where the typical males come together in groups called podcasts, typically of two or three individuals, and come together to talk about things they're interested in, whether that be sports, gaming, or movies. For the Stacked Podcast, here we have the Ethicus Williamicus, the Christophus Leicus, and the Brandicus Winchestercus come together to talk about movies and triple features. We will now take an insight into what they do for a podcast. Join me. Onion ring. I got onion ring. It's an onion ring. That's right, everyone. You heard David at bro. Today, we are doing another episode of Stack. We're back. We're at it. And for episode 49 of the podcast, we're going documentary. We're getting a little documentary up in y'all. We're, we're, we're going to fill your brains with some recommendations, some picks about some of the greatest documentaries out there. Now, documentaries, that's, that could be a lot of things, you know, a documentary, uh, much to people's surprise, it's not it's not a style. I think that I think that's one of the greatest takeaways uh, from film school is like never say documentary style when you're talking about uh, documentary film. You know, there's different modes of documentaries. There's different uh, there's different really different genres within the documentary. It's really just a, it's a medium of telling a story. You know, of telling nonfiction narrative, uh, and yeah. I'm back, Ethan. Chris Brandon's here. Boys, how you doing? How you doing, everybody? Doing great. I'm doing yeah. terrific, actually. Yeah. I think uh I think I'm I'm living the life right now at a, a really nice house. It's a pretty good house, I must say. Uh for those of you unaware, Brandon has moved into my house. So uh he's Welcome currently to my house. <laughs> my house. <laughs> uh because this house has thin walls, I have exiled Brandon to the clear other end of this house. Um, so he's sitting in the sunroom right now to record while I got my own set up in my room. But uh, we're chilling, we're chilling. And Chris, he's 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 still at his other place from last time, but he's moved out of the K, you know. But Chris, you you doing good? You chilling? Yeah, chilling. It's definitely like it's the it's really like ever since we did our episode on. Um college movies we talked a little bit about like that post-college feeling that we're all kind of going through right now that kind of graduate kicking and screaming kind of feeling and i definitely feel like we're all kind of there you know just kind of like that aimless but like not that that's a bad thing it's just kind of like we don't don't really know what to do with ourselves but that's in the weirdest way it's like the most normal thing in the world to be feeling that right now so yeah but that that's where we're at right now yeah and it's it is what it is, you know. I've I've uh, started working at the prop house uh, nine to five every day this week, so you know it's kind of like I'm I'm doing like the most adult thing: waking up in the morning, going to work, coming back at five, and then uh, you know, kicking back and having a beer, maybe watching a movie, going to bed, rinse and repeat, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be fun, and I now I think. After these aimless days, I look for, I really look forward to recording this podcast with you two, you know? It's a chance for me to kick back and relax and talk some movies, and I think we're going to have a really good one today, because 
we haven't really talked about any documentaries. Uh, we've talked about maybe two, like two or three. Uh, I'm, of course, the infamous Blue the Planet Paul, Two, the Fall of the Giants, and the, yeah, and the Giants documentary. <laughs> yeah, the Giant documentary. Jesus <laughs> the race of giants. I forgot about that. <laughs> For drunk, well, because I was drunk when I talked about it, so that's probably why I didn't remember it. Uh, yeah, but now we're gonna go. We're gonna splunge fully into documentaries and. I'm excited to see what you guys have here. Is there like, is there a certain like order of something like criteria for your your stacks of like what it means to be a quintessential documentary film? Well, Chris? for me, like I, I was actually talking to Tori about this a couple of days ago, and she she brought this really interesting idea about how like she's at least to her in her words, like she kind of like highlighted this kind of discrepancy within documentaries between like there's like one side of documentary where it's like it's it's like documentaries about very important subjects in our society but there's also like certain kinds of documentaries are very much kind of like more entertaining it's just more fascination based rather than like there's an urgency to like the subject um so i think for me i try i i'm hoping that a lot of the stuff that i'm going for uh is a encapsulates both it's like an important subject but also is told in this very fun entertaining and captivating way and I think that's something like documentaries really like good at is kind of captivating you because it's knowing that it's real. There's something about that. There's just, it's a, it's a whole new thing on all on its own. Like you said, Ethan, like documentary is in its own way. It's like, yeah, it shares parallels with narrative filmmaking, especially nowadays where like um, the media convergence is really starting to bleed things together. But also there's, it, there's like its own craft of storytelling and that comes from that. And, you know, you also have like things like, as we all know, like video essays, are starting to feel steadily steadily more like documentaries because you're kind of like exploring things and there's p certain parallels but there's yeah they're also like certain ways that they're not the same so anyway yeah i just want to do something that's uh like that has a little bit of everything so that's how i went about it how about you brandon yeah chris uh, similarly i feel like documentaries to me can like come from many different styles many different like ways of being made like i know we <clears throat> We talked about many different uh, types of documentary in our film classes, like observational documentary or f fly on the wall, essentially, as like these different types of documentary. It's not just like one style. Uh, hence why Ethan's like, you shouldn't just say refer to something as a documentary style because there are more than one ways to one way to make one. You could mm -hmm. do like a part fictionalized one, like with close up, which is like sort of a documentary but sort of not which is really cool you could do something like a mockumentary which you could consider a documentary which is a riff on the mo uh, documentary genre like something like this is spinal tap or any like of those tv shows that are popular nowadays like the with the confessionals and stuff or you could do something more observational like a nature doc and i i love that i think they they reveal a lot more and a lot of people who are like oh documentaries are boring or i only watch like true crime documentaries no that's <laughs> problematic why is that problematic <laughs> because it's like there's because here's the thing if they think they're boring then they're like they're not willing to invest themselves into a real life story or they think that if that's the only interesting story to them i feel like they should broaden their horizons and choose something a little outside of their comfort zone like planet blue like planet blue or blue planet 2 and i feel like we're gonna give some of those picks today but before we do that of course let's run down the rules of the show let me fill you in how it all works 
Once a week, we set a topic or theme, go our separate ways to construct our own three-film stack. Then after a week, we come back here on the podcast and share our own stacks one film at a time. Then at the end of the show, we will mix and match our nine films to make the ultimate decision what quintessential three-film stack we are checking out of this hypothetical video store. Chris, why don't you kick us off with your first documentary pick? Awesome. I'm actually really excited to share this one because it's actually a doc that both of you have seen. Uh, because I told you guys to go watch it. I actually watched it with Brandon, Ethan. Uh, you saw it separately from us, I think. But um, I'm glad you guys both got to see it. You probably saw this coming. Um, it's a 2019 film by Joe Piscatella. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. It's a documentary called, titled Joshua Teenager versus Superpower. It is a doc that's available on Netflix. So uh, do yourself a favor and check it out. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so Joshua versus teen, uh, sorry, Joshua super, sorry, Joshua teenager versus superpower. It's a bit of a mouthful of a title. Um, yeah. but I do think it's a really great doc. It's less of a, less of the biographical documentary that the, the title seems to imply, but it's more of like a chronicling of the key events surrounding Hong Kong from like 2012 to 2016. Now, for those of you who might not know about much about what's going on with hong kong this is a great way to kind of just like dive in and like get get yourself acquainted with the basics at least it gives you like enough context to understand the stakes of it all and I, one thing i really love about this um this piece is that it provides a lot of very helpful and very appreciated historical context but not in a boring way i feel like with a lot of like especially when you're diving into things like politics or um, culture or things like that, there's a lot of things to cover because all that stuff intersects. But I think what this, this doc does really well is kind of give you everything you need to know to at least understand the basics and that you can, um, you can at least understand the fundamentals so that you can go around and do your own research after that, but enough that you can have an educated conversation about it after. And one thing I think this, this doc does a really good job is, of is it drops you into the chaos of it all and it informs you of the immense stake of the region not only in like the hearts of the people living like living in the city um but also in like the grand scheme of what it means in the larger sense of the world and like how vital hong kong is in the in like the the discourse between like uh china versus the united states basically it's basically like the middle ground between those two. And it's that, I don't know anyway, but yeah. Um, one thing I do want to say is like this, this doc doesn't catch you up on everything that's happened from Hong Kong until 2019. It's very much 2012 to a 2016 kind of focus, but um, it does catch you up until then gives you everything you need to know up until then. And if you, um, I figured this out. If you pair this doc with a couple of, um, couple of episodes from this uh, web miniseries available on YouTube by the news outlet uh, news outlet Vox. Um, it's really great. It gives you everything you need to know and catches you up to present day. Um, anyway, enough about that. What do you guys think? I've shown you both of this. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, this is a fantastic documentary just because um, this is a very important issue that I think it, people should learn about globally. And I think... Um, I myself, I, I was not as well informed in it as you were, as you were when you recommended it to me. And when I watched it, like I learned so much about how this all started and it's a, it's a complex issue. And I think this documentary, uh, is very, uh, 
it's very engaging and it's very what am I what am I looking for accessible. It's very accessible to people who aren't as aware of um, politics and especially politics uh, between China and Hong Kong. You know, um, and it's also just a very inspiring documentary. Like you know, you hear about you hear about these kind of stories in like young adult science fiction novels where you see like uh, groups of kids uh, sort of coming together and organizing you know to fight against this power but this re this really happens like and this is this really happened and it's really happening to this day you know um yeah i just i love i love it's a good in, informal like informative documentary about how to organize you know and really showing this like uh, even though this issue is still going i i consider this a success story because joshua and his friends really like created a, a worldwide movement you know um and while they're still fighting it's like it's super inspiring to see how this all started you know so brandon what do you think uh i think it's a good documentary uh i i think i have issues with the way it's structured as a piece like i don't think the pacing of it is entirely great not every documentary is i feel like you know, we we watched. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk about this film, so I'll mention it. We watched uh, Twinsters in our. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A film like that is really badly paced, documentary wise, and this isn't like uh, stories we tell was also kind of like that too, where it was like the first half is, and I feel like G Joshua had the same issue. Like often, I think documentaries kind of they have a great first hour or half hour, but they. Re it's really hard for them to like keep it going for the full hour and a half without like repeat repeating over old stuff, old ground. And I think it is an extremely important documentary, uh, a really good one, but I, I feel like it, it could have, I, I wouldn't say take a new more neutral stance than it does, but it does seem like it is kind of like, I, I'm more of a fan of a, of a documentary that like is allowed to like, to measure both sides but i know like we always get the side of like of china and because they're they're the superpower right and hong kong is not but i i think it would have been more compelling to hear uh both like the chinese perspective and the the hong kong conger perspective you know what oh, yeah. i mean yeah, it would have yeah. been more compelling because then because then you really would have like all sides on this issue but i think it does a great job at like showing joshua's struggle and his fellow students struggle growing up as preteens and teenagers in a and kind of really defining the gen z millennial um sort of struggle going on right now with identity and with uh nationalized or hmm, what's the word um nationalization is that is that the right word um yeah. sure yeah i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh in hong kong and it, it it's a fascinating issue to discover it is a great entry level one i would recommend it for high school students especially yeah. i think it is a very inspiring you nailed it on the head there ethan yeah one thing like i do want to say like yeah brandon you are right that like this film is definitely like it, you are kind of positioned as a viewer to root for joshua because i mean yeah it's an inspiring story so obviously and like but also like, like, yeah i'm not gonna i can't bad talk because you know we don't yeah, know who's know. listening yeah. but like I, you're i would i would empathize with the and support the cause yeah no, no. Say that. I, yeah like it's one of those things where it's like as like you know even if you have i like if you have 
allegiance to one side or the other. Like it would be kind of interesting to hear like the other side because as someone with family that like might have different views than I do on this um, issue, it's that it is a very complex issue. There's a lot that goes into it, and like like there's a reasons why there is the oppositional like perspective on it. So yeah, definitely, I do I do see that critique, and it it does make a lot of sense. That like it'd be nice to have that included. Maybe they could do an expansion on that. I don't know, but. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, but I'm glad you guys like the doc. So yeah, that's my first pick. Yeah, great first pick. And we highly recommend everyone check that one out. All right. So my first pick is um, sort of, it, 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 was, it was an underrated pick uh, for a year where a lot of notable documentaries were coming out. Uh, the year was 2018. And there were two really big documentaries that had everyone yeah. talking. <laughs> and certainly in terms of the Oscars. And I think both of those three. over... Three? There might have been three. Oh, yeah. Was it uh, The Rock Climbing? Was it that, that one came out in 2018. Yeah. Uh, three. Yeah, yeah. And, but there was a fourth one yeah. that I think should have won Best Doc at the Oscars. But I just nobody saw it enough it's a hulu documentary it's called minding the gap um now minding the gap is directed by uh bing leo he's um he's he's the director and he's also one of the main subjects of the film now hear me out that could be a little weird because you know it's um th there might be bias in like covering a subject like a director covering himself or themselves um, but in this uh, documentary, it follows three friends who basically met through skateboarding. Um, and for the first like third, not even third, maybe the first fourth of the documentary, you're left at like, OK, so this is just um, this is just a story about skateboarder culture and these skateboarders and how they like they, they found each other and how like what their relationship is like, you know, but then for the next uh, three quarters of the documentary you you sort of go off that point and then you follow these three through the the rest of their lives as they as they grow up it's kind of like boyhood you know where you'll keep you'll keep coming back to certain points in these boys life um so you'll follow one kid who's a black kid and he's like he's struggling to find where he belongs and like uh does he want to stay in his hometown does he want to leave so he's like saving up money he's working jobs he has a weird relationship with his family and his parents then you have uh another kid who's who's a white kid and he has different issues with like girlfriends and he becomes a father earlier than he expected and um he has drug problems you know and you you start to like just dive into these people's lives and then you have the director's life and him about like struggling to find his voice and like he also he's an um he's an asian kid and he has problems like i said like finding his place in this in this town and like um with his parents and like finding like what is like what does he value as like success and stuff like that and it's just like the dude because he like he is the subject of the documentary and he's like the filmmaker he's able to take the camera into such intimate moments in these people's lives you're entering like their living rooms and stuff like that and everyone is very informal with the director because they're all friends you know like it's it doesn't feel like they're being interviewed it just feels like this dude is following them with a camera and stuff like that but it's edited so well together that it's like it presents a narrative and 
it's it blew me away when I saw it because I knew nothing about it. I heard minding the gap. I thought that was gonna be about like the British subway system because you know they always say please mind the gap when you walk on the, the subways if you go <laughs> if you go to the UK uh, no, we all, on the old tube on the if you if you go on the old tube they always say please mind the gap when they close the doors. Uh, so that's what I thought it was gonna be about. But then it was like oh skateboarders okay that's kind of weird I guess. But then it goes into all this shit and I'm just like that is like a great documentary about like people think of documentaries like as some Ken Burns shit, like the civil war, you know, it has to be like this great global scale stuff, you know, but documentaries are able to tell these small and intimate stories that you would never experience otherwise, you know? And I just think that's the power of documentary. I think this film does a great job doing that. Now I know none of you two have seen it, but have you heard about this movie? So I actually haven't heard about this film, but like based like Ethan, when you would, like you said just now, like, when you were talking about this film, I kept contemplating like, wow, like I just pitched like a big, basically an epic of a, um, you know, of a documentary piece. But yeah. like you said, documentary is also simultaneously capable of making you enthralled with the most simple and small of stories. Right. And like you said, that is the power of documentary. The fact that you're able to find entertainment and also like fascination with something as simple as another human being. And like as as someone who like years ago, I actually made a small documentary about my grandma. So like I can I feel that kind of like the level of like like tender like intimacy that you can achieve with documentary if you really hone into like the small scale story that you're telling. Right. And it does sound like you are like like this doc like hones into that really well. So yeah, I I buy it. What do you think, Brandon? heard many good things about this documentary i just have not seen it um i i love the idea of like taking the documentary format and like kind of tracking someone or something for a very long period of time because now that we have the film medium and now that we've sort of experimented with it since like the 1960s because that's when documentaries sort of like took off not saying they didn't start making them like as early as like cinema but it's evolved as a genre and now that we have the capability and the time that we've had to develop cinema people are using cameras to document everyday life you see this like with social media you're seeing this everywhere but to see somebody's like life change before your eyes and it's just like as quick as a cut on screen i think that is like it's very introspective and you can play out a lot of things that you would never normally be able to play out in regular cinema. Even Boyhood tried to capture that same thing like you mentioned and I think it only partially works because there is a sense of artifice to it as if they wrote what was going on at the time and it doesn't feel like oh this really happened sometimes. You know, you may find yeah. it relatable but it's not that you don't get that same thing. Um, but I, I think there is a film that I've watched called Hoop Dreams that kind of does the same thing mm-hmm. where it tracks these kids from their like disadvantaged city as they try to get a good education and then get into like a good basketball school because that's the only way for their life to sort of take off past this like stagnated point. And both sound very similar. So I'd be definitely really interested to check it out. Yeah. And you definitely should. Okay. All right, Brandon, you want to go into your first film? Yeah. Um, my first film, I, it's a very personal documentary to me, so I don't know. 
I shot the praises of this film from the the like the mountaintops, but it's a sports documentary, and you don't really see uh, many of these. I think making lists because people are like, "Well, we watch live sports. Like, what's the point? You know, if you live through something, what's the point of watching it?" I was three years old when this happened, so I don't remember <laughs> for gosh dang shit. But it's the 2001 World Series film, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks versus New York Yankees. <laughs> And I, it's, I'm not just choosing this because it's an Arizona sports team prevailing. It is a excellent story. Why? It takes place in 2001. So, of course, this is like right after 9-11. And the Yankees by this point, if you, if you guys don't know anything about sports or baseball or anything, the Yankees are a New York team. They live like their, their stadium is a, a few blocks away or maybe it's on a Staten Island, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or in the Bronx, right? And that's like right near the World Trade Center. So like they had a month where they could not play games there. They had to like postpone like the season for a little bit. But the Yankees at this point have had a three, a three. They've repeated as world champions three times in a row, which is like a rare feat in any sport to do. Uh, uh, so that is something that you re- you can find really compelling about this story is this, it's also got this underlying thing about 9-11, it's very political, but at the same time, it's like very patriotic. Now you might find patriotic or a patriotic, like kind of undertone as being a little problematic, especially when it being the U S but it is in this way, like an innocent sort of thing. But then you've got a young team, an an upstart team going up against a team that was heavily maligned for three years for winning a championship, which is my team. So I take personal (laughs) uh, stake in this, but it is a fantastic documentary that not only captures like the ups and downs of this excellent series, but the ups and downs of the year 2001 and how it affected the people around us. Like sport is an escape from the real world, just as much as movies are. And to take a real life event that kind of captured the imagination of millions of Americans while this tragedy happened is so wonderful and greatly captured. I I heavily recommend it to anybody. It's one of the best sport documentaries out there and heavily one of the most underrated. And I'm not biased, I promise. (laughs) No, yeah, I can. No, like. Go for it, Chris. I was going to say, like, yeah, I totally get what you mean. Like, I know, like, it's easy to. When you hear that, like, like, oh, this guy's just a Diamondbacks fan just trying to toot his horn about his team, blah, blah. And, like, yeah, like, you know, there is obviously going to be a personal connection that you have to this film that obviously Ethan and I won't. But there is something, like, so there's something to be said about, like, how that is a part of documentary, the person, the personability of it. And, like, there's also just, like, yeah, it's if, if it's a captivating story, it's a captivating story, like, period, you know? And, like, you can turn anything into a documentary. There's something fascinating about just existing. And there's something that you can make of that. And like, in this case, like, yeah, like for me, like, I, I don't know baseball very well. Like, I don't know, like, all I know is I like the angels. I like Otani and fuck the Dodgers. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> you don't anyway, have to apologize for that. I want to apologize for that. But anyway, yeah, I do get what you mean. Like I, there, there's definitely going to be subjects out there that like everybody has a personal connection to, but like, if you articulate that in a way that like is powerful and captivating, you'll be able to captivate someone with a story, even if they don't give a shit about what it's about. I remember watching this documentary like years ago about hockey, like, like an NHL thing going on. And like, I don't know shit about hockey, but somehow I was captivated by this thing. 
So yeah. I, I totally get what you mean. Like I like I'm sure there's like maybe a concert film out there for like a band or something that I really that I would really like. But like, you know, it's just like and but like not not everyone's gonna le- necessarily would like that band. But everybody could get behind a documentary about a, a great documentary. So I see what you mean. I haven't seen this documentary, but I buy the fact that this could totally be captivating, even if I don't give a shit about baseball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, uh, you know, something about like uh making something like worthy of a story is like um what's what's the twist that makes it so we haven't like really heard about this thing anymore you know or we haven't heard about it for the the for the first first time i don't know what i'm saying uh having the the sort of the subtext of it like a 9-11 underlying it like elevates it from being more than just like a story about this one playoffs that happens every single year you know you're just like if you watch this film and you're just like or if you if you see this film on the surface level and you're just like oh it's just about a, just a playoffs game like that happens every year who cares but there's more to it you know and that's that's what I'm picking up from you and that that interests me so yeah hell take me out to the ball game you know what I'm saying me I will I'll take you out I'll take you out <laughs> to the ball game <laughs> all right <laughs> all right Chris you want to take us into your second film yeah so my um. <laughs> Okay, I'll be honest, as my stack goes on, it's going to get longer. Like the so my next one is a uh is a three-part miniseries. They're quite short. Mm-hmm. It's basically a it's basically a 3-hour film. Um it is a true crime documentary. I know we talked about that a little <laughs> bit earlier, but I wanted to give it because you know, there that is a subgenre that a lot of people really like and I do too. Um it's a uh miniseries directed by Mark Lewis in 2019 um named don't fuck with cats now that title might sound a little bit like like what the hell is this about but trust me you have no idea how deep this thing goes um but yeah okay it's a true crime documentary it's really twisted but kind of morbidly fascinating because of it there's a lot of like just like hauntingness that this film uh puts on you the way it articulates its story is incredibly engaging it's kind of like it feels like investigative journalism in that way. There's something about it that is kind of like, like, oh, we're just uncovering this mystery piece by piece, putting things together and like connecting the dots on our own. And its ultimate resolution is like, is very haunting. Like there's something about, you know, that feeling when you walk out of a movie and you're just like, you just got the shivers or something. Like it just sticks with you in a weird way. That's how this movie feels to me. And like the, the, like the doc talks about things like the dark web, narcissism, the media, and like the psychopathy of things. And like, it, it doesn't really dive into the psychoanalytical lens that I would like it to. This is all makes sense if you, um, if you watch the series, but for the interest of that, I won't go into much more than that, but yeah, like this is a really engaging, fun, true crime doc. There is a little bit of, um, shall I say, uh, artistic like reprehensibility I have with this film because it's kind of like it's it's so hard for me to explain. But I will I'll just say like the end of this film will make you question whether or not you should have watched this at all. Um, it's a little weird. Um, there's a, That's a lot weird of con- pitch, Chris. I, I swear there's context for that, but I think the intrigue of knowing that, like, oh, like what kind of a true crime doc experience is this going to be, would sell it enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. Murder, death, animal abuse, you got it all. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, media is like the new frontier for a lot of like 
um, horror and terror in like the digital age. So, and that's definitely something that like I that hits like it. I don't know. It just strikes a chord with me. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I I feel like have I talked to you guys about this doc a couple times before? Yeah, you were gonna show us this doc um, for a movie night. I remember you pitched it. You pitched it to us, and we watched the trailer for it. I remember we were all down, but I just I think just like another movie came to mind. We're like, oh, we gotta watch that, or we just didn't have enough time. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. I remember watching the trailer for it, and it looks insane. Like, uh. There's like crazy cat lace. I remember. Is there like, there's cut off fingers involved with it. Remember, right? There's, I don't there's cut off stuff. I'll, there's cut I'll off stuff. Cut off stuff or some some or other like that. Um, and it's in, it takes place in Canada, right? Canada, Canada, uh, Canada, and Canada and United States and the United States. Up. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. True crime stories are base are definitely the most popular form of documentary at this time and. Mm-hmm. there's a reason for it you know like people are just fascinated with uh how humans love murder. to murder and break ethics you know and <laughs> and it's it's even more fascinating when it happens in real life you know and when people document that you know um yeah i remember watching the trailers for it and i'm certainly down to sit down and watch it one day with you guys brandon moral crusaders that's what people like people like to be moral crusaders and solve things i think true crime is fun for a certain audience because you're always waiting on bated breath to see how something unfolds you get a final conclusion usually and it's extremely cathartic for somebody to go through an entire series or an entire documentary and kind of get this chunk of a story you get a mystery and intrigue but then you ultimately get satisfaction in knowing somebody is locked up for this or some, you know, something else sort of happened. Like there's a there's some sort of a conclusion. Right. Uh, and it's rare that you see an ambiguity in these sort of things. And I think that's why they're popular. I don't I don't mind true crime docs. I I think when they're done well, like they're extremely good. And like I, I there is a unique style for I, I actually do have a true crime on mine as well. So like it's a unique style that isn't like used like usually what documentaries are sort of structured like so like right. that gives me like that kind of gives me like a sense of ooh yay and that if if don't fuck with cats has that then i'd be extremely willing to check this out just because not only is it a series but it, it entails so many different things from people's obsession with true crime like literally it's kind of meta in that sense from the trailer uh to also to also like this this new layer which is the the internet layer in the past 10 years of the rapid development online and people trying to solve stuff and being obsessed with this and mass media and it's i think that could be really cool i just i don't know why we haven't seen it yeah it's definitely on, on the list of uh movies i want to show you guys so yeah that's my second pick yeah, uh, awesome second pick. Documentary, true crime documentaries, just one thing I want to say is just like, there's something also very like communal about them, you know, about like people like being able to have a conversation about it. Like, I don't think anyone's going to talk about this on this episode, but because I don't think you two have seen it, but Tiger King, remember when like, remember the Tiger King phase of quarantine? That was yeah, like, people making um, whipped coffee and Tiger King. Oh my God, yeah. my what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're about to die it's fine uh no but it's 
it's just so fun to like talk about with people it's like what the fuck this these people are fucking insane i don't know but uh all right yeah good pick uh all right so for my list i i have a feeling my documentaries get more and more observational like they dive more into the more into the mode of observation um this one is a 2019 documentary i saw with brandon i don't know if you've seen this chris but we saw this movie in imax baby it is um apollo 11 oh yes oh, I, I thought you were gonna say one child nation for some reason what <laughs> one child like, that was, why would they show that imax baby why would they show that imax no this i want to learn about the one child policy hell yeah. <laughs> no this movie blew me away like i heard about it's i heard about the concepts now uh for those who aren't uh, familiar with the movie apollo 11 it is basically just footage of the preparation, uh, the launch, and the return of the pl- Apollo 11 rocket in 4K. Like, all the footage is completely restored. It's not scored. I don't think so. Brandon, do you remember if it's scored or not? It might be scored a little, but there's no... I think no it's like a minimum score. Minimum, minimum score, yeah. There's no narration. There's no interviews. It's just... They cut together this massive event within two hours to make it feel like it's in real time, you know? Like, you are there in the control deck uh, watching people work the mission, prepare the rocket. You're in there when the people in uh, Florida, what's the place called where they launch all the rockets? I've been there. I don't Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral. Yeah, you're in there with... Yeah. Yeah. You're in there with the people in the stands watching this thing take off, and then you're in there with the astronauts going to and from the moon and it is insane how just like the uh the dedication to going like probably going through like thousands of hours of archival footage and just editing this together it's a feat in editing and a film restoration you know because it when did apollo 11 happen 1968 i i'd like to say 1967 68 69 6869 uh 69 <laughs> shut up <laughs> anyway <laughs> but it's it's also just like a very inspiring film about just like the human race and what we were able to achieve in sending people to the moon you know because you feel like you're part of the team when you're like getting people there and back to the moon it's like it's amazing and it's inspiring and i think you should like i i uh I kind of want to watch this high. I don't know. I think I feel like that would immerse me even more. <laughs> you know? Uh, anyways, that's side tangent. But yeah, Apollo 11, amazing documentary. Brandon, we saw this in IMAX together. Yeah. What do you think? This is this is such a good documentary. Like, I think, you know, when you go into it, I didn't know what I was expecting sort of thing. Like, I knew there would be archival footage, never before seen footage. I didn't expect it to be so crisp. I think... Yeah. One of the best things about documentary, especially for older documentaries, is you get to see a world that you weren't like privy to in like 4K or like 1080p. Like the 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 advantage of having the restoration technology we have now is we get to see a world in color 
from that time we weren't even around for it and that's crazy and that's going to be crazy for people in the future when they just sit back and watch documentaries from our just just our our decade that we grew up in the 2000s 2010s because like that's when hd technology started to take off but to see that from the 1960s let alone being a space film that is as captivating as it is despite having no score despite having like no like true dialogue in it it's like it's fantastic and it's like from start to finish you're like in awe of the fact that we have achieved this as a as a species and not not as a country just as a species because it's like it's super impressive it's really well documented and it's highly detailed it doesn't pull its punches yeah chris what do you think about that have you seen this one uh no i haven't so like um based on what you guys have telling me this sounds amazing like the opportunity to see the first time humans step foot on another planet um, or not planet but like another i don't know body uh, space of, object yeah, yeah another thing yeah basically another <laughs> thing in other than earth like there's something about that that's a historical like there's something significant about that as a species like you said brandon and yeah like um hearing that this has been like digitally restored in 4k and like something about that is just like there's something about like archive footage that i think oftentimes can for a lot of people can get kind of boring you know like not everybody wants to look at really grainy old footage that like is black and white or whatever but something about like being able to take that and bring it into this modern day where everybody's like oh wow like I, i'd go watch this and i absolutely would and like ethan like one thing i want to talk to you about is like uh over the last like year i've really gotten into like things like existential metaphysics and space has definitely become kind of a frontier for that with me yeah um, like cosmic stuff like that really that really gets me going and like i i'm fascinated by that stuff now like i will literally watch space documentaries just like on youtube when i'm going to bed sometimes um, my dad. <laughs> and yeah like it's just it's it sounds fascinating yeah uh dude nova <laughs> there was a period in my life where nova the show was my best friend where it's all about space and stuff and if you chris if you like existentialism you're gonna love my last pick. Anyways, Brandon. Watch Cosmos. Cosmos. Cosmos, Nova, all that stuff. Brandon, take us in your second pick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll go into the film that Ethan didn't pick from 2018 that I love. It's Free Solo. The this is the uh the hiking documentary or Hiking. Uh, I, I don't know if any <laughs> Shut up. It's more than just hiking. He's climbing. <laughs> Reclimbing. Listen, listen. I'm trying to sell the movie. Okay, I'm get, I'm get out of my head. Get out of my head. <laughs> so, he walked so, up that mountain. Have you guys all seen this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you guys? Okay, cool. So I, I, I don't want to. Yeah, this is basically a story of a guy. It's at first like a nature doc, right? They're just exploring the wilderness, exploring this new form of extreme uh hiking where <laughs> extreme hiking oh god extreme climbing where this guy chooses to climb a mountains without a rope and with only his hands and like rosin and this is for no other reason than it gives him an adrenaline rush and he feels a sense of accomplishment by doing so and y- you know i saw this film in theaters and i was pr- it was pretty personal because i was alone nobody else was in the theater and i do this thing for movies that I think I want to see on the big screen. 
I choose like one of the front two or three rows in the theater if I think it's going to be an experience that's worth <laughs> it, you know. Really? So like if if I want to if I want the screen to be massive, I'm going to be in the not in the front row cuz like you know, you have to crane your neck unless you have like a recliner, but like in those front two or three rows. And I did that for free solo and that film just stunned me because you're seeing these natural landscapes uh with beautiful camera work up close and personal in certain cases and you get tense because this guy is climbing half dome i think at yosemite with no rope like for half the movie but the other half of the movie is like a really personal dissection of a person who is like not really like sure on how he should live his life because like hiking is basically all not hiking climbing is basically <laughs> all he knows climbing does not equal hiking folks <laughs> and uh sorry um but i it's like you you dissect his personal life and how this takes a toll on other people but he's got to do it because a lot of documentaries like apollo 11 are about human determination whether you like it or not and free solo is another good example of that and it's inspirational it's it's terrifying if you don't know the outcome and i honestly think it's one of the most compelling documentaries i've seen in a long time especially on the big screen it's up there with apollo 11 those two that was just a big year for docs holy crap chris yeah um i've so i've seen free solo as well and i yeah i love the hiking in free solo um <laughs> there are but, a, um, a few no, sequences I, where they're hiking walking yeah, around they do a little, little bit of hiking yeah they do some yeah walking they hike um, to the wall. but you know i i really do like enjoy this they do they hike to the to el capitan yeah um i remember like um not long before i saw this movie i think i um, I went with my family to Yosemite and I got to see El Capitan close up. That wall is big. Like, it's really fucking big. Um, like, you don't really realize the sheer magnitude of this until you go there yourself. But also, this this dog does a really good job of making you feel the weight of everything. Like, the the amount of, like, not only physical strain that this is going to put on um, Alex, um, but also, like, the emotional strain of it. And that's kind of, like, you know, of course, it's captivating and it's exhilarating to see him climb this thing. Um, I was on the edge of my seat a lot of the time when he was climbing because, I mean, this guy slips up once, he's dead. Like, no way he's going to survive Finito. it. Crushed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing I do appreciate this film is that it kind of goes into, like, kind of the personal ramifications that a guy like him, like, the kind of things that that affects. Like, his family, his friends, his girlfriend. Um... And, like, there's a lot of, like, drama there. There's a lot to, like, kind of unpack about, like, like if you do this kind of thing, like, what does that mean for not only yourself, but for the people you care about? Because this is a big thing to do. Like, that is not something to take lightly. Because, like, yeah, like, think about it simply guys climbing a rock. But when you think about it, guys literally risking his life for no reason other than because he wants to. And it's what he wants to do with him, with himself. And... There's something like inspiring about that, but it's also like there's a little lesson about like the about responsibility in its own way, kind of like like how do you how does what you do affect other people? And granted, I wouldn't necessarily I, I I'll go I'll go on record to say I I don't necessarily think Alex is a great guy. No, um, he doesn't seem to care very much about no. other people's feelings. Yeah, but I give him credit that 
man climbed that rock like nobody else could. <laughs> like, I'll give him that. He he's really good at hiking. Isn't um, it like Ethan. a fascinating character oh, study, it, though? It's in in like, its own weird way, it's like it's like Joker. You know what I'm saying? It's like Joker. Props to you, man, but you're kind of messed up. <laughs> I was gonna say, I I think this movie's okay. I don't. I'm not head over heels for it. If I were to recommend, as Brandon calls a hiking documentary, what's really a climbing documentary, I would suggest you check out the movie uh, The Dawn Wall, which um, I think this. That film does a much better job at uh, sort of exploring the climber and sort of what their life has been like. Um, and they're a much more uh, engaging uh, character to follow than Alex, uh, what, Honold? Yeah. Because I think, I think this film plays a dangerous game, much like what I was talking about with, um, what's the movie called? Uh, Everybody Wants Some, where they do this weird balance of uh depicting this toxic character where alex honnold's sort of mindset that he conveys is like the he says like he calls it the warrior's mindset where it's like uh absolute perfectionism and self-loathing until you achieve that perfectionism and i wouldn't even say until i just say that's just this endless cycle that he's in of punishing himself until he's perfect and then finding something else to perfect you know and this movie does a weird job at sort of uh, painting that as a success story for him, but then also sort of telling it as a, a, like a cautionary tale, you know? Um, and I think, I don't know, I think, it, I think it could have taken a more interesting angle at depicting this character, but that being said, the climbing sequences are phenomenally shot. Um, it does, like... It, it gives you sort of like that fear of heights when you're like watching him climb up that, you know, because you do feel the danger that he's in. Um, My yeah. palms were sweaty. Knees weak. Vomit on Arms your sweater. Arms heavy. Arms heavy. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. Mama spaghetti. <laughs> um, Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a good, good movie if you want to watch intense climbing sequences, but I don't know about like the rest of the film and like how they convey this character uh okay let's get into this i think it just oh yeah sorry sorry. no you go uh i think it just like unveils this world that you weren't privy to you know what i mean like i feel like documentaries often take something unrecognized much like journalism and like gives voice to it and, like, there's something to be said about, like, I didn't know that there were people who were crazy enough to hike without ropes or stop hike. Stop with the fucking. Brandon, I hike without climbing. ropes all the time, believe it or not. Who <laughs> climb mountains without ropes? Like, in this adrenaline junkie world, there's a documentary about it called Maru, I think, by the same guys. They're Valley Uprising, too. Those two are very good pieces about that too like i i explored that after but i can definitely see like why people wouldn't be as that won't vibe with it as much but it is a gateway that's right okay let's get into our final round here chris you want to take us into our last pick all right you guys knew this was coming blue planet 2 is back we're back baby um yeah um okay i'll just quickly go over it everybody knows blue planet 2 um first amazing music by Hans zimmer can't go without it uh, breathtaking images, probably the most well-shot um, marine life documentary I've ever seen. Um, I think I saw I, recently. I saw like a Disney Ocean like nature doc, 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I read Milo's review for it. And Milo's review was, I've really been spoiled by Blue Planet 2. And there's a reason for that. I feel like every time I watch a nature doc, I just keep thinking, this is great. No Blue Planet 2. And yeah, the breathtaking images of the world beneath the surface is beautiful. Um, And it's one of those things, like, I'm fascinated by that because it's like, that literally may as well be another planet. Like, let's be real. Like, we don't, we're not meant to be down there. Um, But yet, there's a whole other world down there. And um, of course, I really appreciate this film's, like, sorry, this series' um, incredible amount of dedication to the education of environmental conservation and climate change. Um, Obviously, that is becoming a way more prominent issue now than it ever has been. Um, So I think it's if there were ever a time to educate yourself on climate change and environmentalism, now's the time. Um, Yeah. And um, obviously, yeah, it's a six hour doc. But I think like one thing that um, I've always kind of viewed Blue Planet 2 kind of passively. Like, of course, I'll sit on the TV and stare at it. But like, sometimes you'll throw it on and just maybe like be doing something else or like just relaxing as you're as it like as David Attenborough's voice just kind of, you know, eases you into the night. I don't know. There's something very relaxing about watching this. And um, I think this could pair really nicely with other docs, because if you watch this last, it'll kind of be like the one where it's like you're kind of like relaxing and easing yourself away from like just like overwhelming thought because a lot of um docs i feel like can be quite you know heavy or urgent you know there's like free solo is very very exhilarating joshua is very intense don't like true crime stuff if we throw in our true crime stuff that's going to mm-hmm. be big but yeah like blue planet i feel like we'll be able to relax you and yeah we've talked about this this mini series before so we don't need to spend too much time chatting about it but like ethan i know you're a big fan of this this yeah. doc as well what do you think uh yeah huge fan i i think you i think you summed up perfectly where it is just a nice thing it's the best stuff to just have on the background while you're just like hanging out with friends or something like that i think we'd like we'd always throw this on like at home and we were like preparing dinner you know or something like that and just like marvel at like just our world around us you know and like well not specifically around us the world beneath the ocean and just all the crazy stuff i think we had a great conversation on the movies to watch high um i love <laughs> i for some reason i when i was editing that i just felt the need to edit uh underwater sound effects when we were talking about it so <laughs> whenever we mentioned blue planet 2 just like we just like submerge ourselves underwater or something like that um yeah i love there's just so many like small small stories in this series that make up a larger grander tale of just like the cycle of life and um just how beautiful yet brutal nature can be, you know, in this environment that is probably the the most alien environment on this planet, you know, um, at least to us, of course. Um, yeah, yeah it's fa- phenomenal, phenomenal documentary. Brandon? Mm-hmm. Yep. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen uh, it? No, I've only seen oh. Planet Earth. Oh man! I wasn't, but I I love Planet Earth. I love uh, David Attenborough speaking into my ear holes. Uh, Let me ask you this then: So you like you like Planet Earth? You like David Attenborough? Mm -hmm. You like I know you I know you have some critiques of Hans, but I know you like him in your heart. You like his music. I know you kind of like the ocean. Like you're fascinated. Like I think you're interested by it. He likes. It's not one of my passions. It's like you. I like biomes. 
it's the light. reason why I like planet Earth is because, you know, like it has all like the, the snow biome, the desert biome, the jungle biome. There's a lot of different ones, whereas with the ocean, I don't really view it as like a bunch of different like I'm interested oh, by it for your, sure. Your your eyes are going to be open, man. There's well, I, there's different there. layers like the, there's like the upper surface and then the lower surface. You know what I mean? You know, where it's like the lower surface is where all the, the creepy crawlies that look kind of weird live. And then, but they're, <laughs> am I wrong? And then there's like the, the, then there's the regular fish that live in the top. I've seen Finding Nemo. Come on, I know. No, just kidding. <laughs> I, I, do need, I, I do need to check it out. I, I, what was your question? No, I was just, I was just like illustrating, like, like there's, there's a lot in this film that I think you would really enjoy. And like, yeah, I agree. Ethan, Ethan, you briefly mentioned this, but I, I do want to highlight this, like, one thing I think Blue Planet 2 um, or any of the David Attenborough docs do really well is they kind of contain miniature stories within each of their episodes, basically. Yeah. Like you'll have epi like you'll have stories about like there's a fish. They do this. They do that. Maybe a 10 minute short film right there, basically. And then you move on. You go into another animal. You learn about them, how they do their thing. The and then you kind of bask in, like you said, the majesty of the world beneath the beneath the ocean. So yeah, I definitely think, Brandon, I think you would really dig this. Very accessible, too. Absolutely. Okay, let's get into my last pick. Now, you guys probably saw this one coming, because I've, I've been seeing the praises of this documentary ever since I saw it last year for the first time. Uh, it is one of the few films where it's the closest I've ever had to a religious exper experience, I'd say. Um, just because of oh, how... <laughs> yep that there you go uh it is of course godfrey reggio's 1982 masterpiece documentary koyana scotsi um i i can't even begin to tell you like how much this what this film means to me and i think what's the beauty of it is because this film is so um it's so loose in like how it tells its narrative is that people can bring and take away what their own meanings from it. So if you're unaware with Koyaanisqatsi, basically it is, there's no narration. There's no really subjects of the story. I think the subject is us. It's you, it's me, it's everyone. It's our collective. It's the collective planet. It is planet earth. It is human culture. Um, and it is a documentary that just, it's just shots of our world of people scored by the master Philip Glass. We've sung his praises before on the podcast. Um, and to me, what I got out of this film was basically, um, I think one of its main theses, theses is, uh, of course, Koyaanisqatsi means life out of balance. And it showcases how we have a, as a human culture of sort of we are we are slowly as we've advanced we're slowly destroying this world and creating a life out of balance with the ecosystem and the planet as we know it you know but then i think it also shows sort of a beauty of what we as humans are you know and like what i think this movie answers the essential question of why we are here and why we exist i think this movie basically plots out that we are children of the atom. We are, the planet is our atoms and we are electrons. We are the thing that powers our reality, you know, um, reality and existence. Um, 
there's lots of shots where uh Reggio sort of juxtaposes our own uh just everyone moving around he he'll like he'll do shots of uh people moving down the highway super fast he'll like speed it up and then he'll quickly cut to a circuit board and circuitry and the and it's like it's 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 amazing it's sublime just like the way he's able to zoom in on circuit boards and like sort of show like this is this is our planet we are like we are the circuitry that powers this thing this is why this is why you matter this is why you exist because you power yourself through your existence and by existing and by being you know um but then he does say a warning that's like but what we are doing is we are slowly killing ourselves, our Adam, you know? And the music is is masterful. It's a masterpiece score. Um, it, I mean, there's a reason why Zack Snyder used it to sort of, uh, as the, the main theme to Dr. Manhattan and his origin story of the watchmaker's son, you know? Um, because I think that film sort of conveys a, a similar sublime feeling to... The character of Dr. Manhattan, you know, where, but in this, in this case, it's about us, that we are, we as a collective, we are just as ethereal and powerful as Dr. Manhattan, because we are this abstract concoction of cells and <laughs> these weird jointed creatures that sort of like build anthills. There's a, there's a sequence where he like, he showcases these abandoned apartments and to me, I had the feeling of like, these are just like termite mounds, anthills, where like each, each room, there's a person's life in, in each like window in each room, but then it's all destroyed because they're all abandoned, you know? And it's just, it's crazy. I, I watched this film for the first time on a, the big screen I, in my cabin. We have a projector and we projected it up against a wall. Granted, I've never seen this movie sober. <laughs> Um, but I think it'll just hold up just as well. I think this, the drugs help me open my mind a bit more, you know, um, Brandon, you've seen Quino Scotsy, you watched it on a laptop on your bed and that gives me uh, a hernia just thinking about Shut that, up. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what do you think of this movie? This movie gave me a mind grain, a migraine. <laughs> I was watching and I was sitting again and I was... I was trying, I, and, it, and it was on one of those movie sites. I think it was Pluto TV that has ads. Oh, that's the only place it was. The only place it was showing you things. Oh no! And I really wanted to see it, and I, the Philip Glass score mixed with the ads, mixed with like the, the way I saw it. It didn't yeah. really, and I didn't hate the movie. I, I'd still give it like a three star. I think it's, I think movies like this are fascinating. Uh, if they have the right music or the right shots. Something like Samsara is a very good comp to this. Yeah. Where they're just like, they let the camera go. And they're like, we're going to edit this in a way to make a, a story. Even if there's no dialogue, there's no characters, there's no anything. Like you said, there's a lot of juxtaposition between the natural world and the human's artificial world that has been created out of the earth and what we've used to make other things with the different cells like you said and materials yeah. and i think that is like the best part of the film i think much like other documentaries for me this kind of loses steam because of how it is structured very repetitive i think 
not saying it is an eye-opening in a lot of other regards but for me like maybe it was the migraine talking but it it really got to me that it was just like the same message over and over again and that i was kind of i wasn't getting beaten over the head with it necessarily but it, it was just like all right i get the point is there something else you want to say here you know um not saying it's bad i want to check it out again uh i know you have the dvd of the trilogy i think the whole kotsky trilogy right ethan yes so i know chris wants to watch this movie and brandon i think you got to give a different shot without the ads and on a bigger screen so one of these days chris you're coming over and boom that's how we're gonna do it yeah I so I I do want to say like I've so I haven't seen this film. I've only heard amazing things from it from Ethan especially. Um and Ethan like you said earlier like as someone who now me has kind of opened myself to kind of frankly yeah, existential metaphysics has kind of become my religion. It's the closest thing I have to some kind of a worldview. Um oh, and I totally It's like the Halo thing. <laughs> okay um <laughs> uh yes i do definitely like see the see why this would be a really fascinating doc and i think like one thing that i really like about it and is uh, but is also kind of the reason i've been kind of scared to watch it so far is like it's a very experimental use of the documentary medium um yes, the fact that there's it's very much like it's kind of like here's some images here's some music take what you will basically um and i guess that's kind of an interesting exploration of how humans interpret interpret like we see things and then we kind of create it's basically a giant exercise of the kuleshov effect but um (laughs) yeah i i definitely like see what you said ethan and you were talking about how like there's these abandoned shots of these abandoned buildings um and like you kind of like see it as like my god these are like burrows and like we're like human we're just like any other animals we're just a little bit more intelligent about how we do it yeah and um I for some reason when you said that Ethan, I do want to just quickly throw this in because it's something that's been rattling my brain for a while. And I want to like throw, tell you guys about this. Yeah. So there's this um there's this digital artist slash photographer named Aristotle Rufani. Um, mm-hmm. he does the the most amazing work. What he does is he'll go to a city, a random giant city, and go up to the highest point he can, like maybe on a hill or something, and take a ton of photos over like six hours or like maybe even a whole day's worth of photos and what he does is he will ditch he takes them all and stitches every single one together it's one of the most high res things in the world because what you see is every window you can zoom into and get and gauge what's going on in there you can see people in the window it's kind of creepy if you think about it yeah so like (laughs) but i like like, (laughs) like you can keep going you can just keep going in and in like for example here look at that you can't this might not be the best example but you can just keep going back and back and back and back and then you can just see like what's all going on in this world and like something about that is just fascinating so i think that's a great example of why that is so interesting um highly recommend anyone to go check out this guy's work he's amazing but yeah ethan i totally buy coin on Scotty. i think this is this seems like a really great like not only a really great like um experimental and fascinating use of the documentary medium but also just like how often do you see metaphysics being conveyed in this way like rare rare. yeah yeah so absolutely all right yes we got to watch this together all right brandon let's wrap this up with your last pick all right 
Have you guys heard of a film called Dear Zachary? Isn't that isn't that a song? Dear Zachary. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, that's not what it is. So this movie will rip your heart out. So uh <laughs> I saw this. This is a kind of a true crime movie, kind of not. Uh it's one of the most unique documentaries I've ever seen in my life because of the way it portrays somebody's life event. Here's the director who is also the documentarian actually taking their own personal life and integrating it into a movie about somebody that they knew. So essentially it's about this guy who loses his friend. All right. And this 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 documentarian's like I'm going to make a a movie for uh his child who he never got to see because his girlfriend had a child uh and because of that the documentarian's like he'll never get to know his dad and what he was like but his dad was like an amateur actor he was a goofball he was fun and through the first like third of the movie it's just a normal documentary about this guy trying to make a documentary for his fallen friend and for the people in his life by interviewing everyone in his life about him and about this guy and then it takes a turn so in the second third of this movie you find out and i'm gonna try not to get into spoilers because the the real magic is in the third act of the movie when it really catches you off guard right but you start to expect something more sinister happening behind the scenes and the way it's depicted through the emotions of the camera and of the form that the editor and documentarian documentarian takes is some of the most unique and like jarring things you'll ever see from a a documentary like this because rarely can you capture somebody's emotive state outside of them like crying on screen in in an interview it's something that they do with the form like the way that it's edited together or they put filters on it and like it really kind of gauges how somebody's feeling internally and it's like tearing you apart whether that be like a mental illness or a struggle with somebody's like personal life and romantic relationships but it gets into this like how something sinister may have happened to this guy and we know because the documentarian has investigated this himself it's uh, imagine don't fuck with cats but instead of like the documentary like being like you know chris i i've only seen the trailer but you can confirm this for me the people who are in the documentary who are like searching all this information out they were sought out by a documentarian, correct? They didn't actually like make this documentary themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they did the investigation, and then the documentarian came and was like, "Hey, I want to make a thing about you." you know right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. In 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 my film, the the guy, the documentarian, finds is stuff the, out. Is, him. is the investigator? In, is the investigator? So oh, he becomes an active part. Like at first, it's like he has an active voice, but he's being passive with it because he's explaining like. This is my history with him. I was a part of his life, and this is for him and for his child, Zachary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't remember. I think they named him Zachary. But, uh, and it's it's fantastic because it's an evolving documentary as it goes on. It's very hard to describe for that reason. Like the reason why I had such a hard time kind of gathering myself is because you can you can describe this documentary in so many ways, but I've never been so emotionally affected by a documentary in my life because rarely am I on the edge of my seat watching a documentary that doesn't have to do with like 
climbing a mountain or like hiking <laughs> or, hiking. or hiking sorry uh but like it, it's like the story and the relationships carry this one and i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody who's listening to the podcast but like i gotta watch this with you guys like it is absolutely fantastic and kind of one of the best things i've ever seen that sounds amazing like I think the my favorite thing of any like of just narrative nonfiction, you know, I've mostly experienced this through narrative nonfiction writing and books, is sort of the the author or the filmmaker uh revealing information to the viewer upon the same time that they are. You know, we're sort of exploring the same time. That's what I'm sort of getting at from what you're telling me. And I I love that. It, the mind the gap, minding the gap does that similar similarly. Um and yeah, I'm sold. I'd love to check that out. That sounds amazing. And then if it also has like a true crime angle, that just makes it all the more like disturbing and emotional. So hell yeah, I'm in. Chris? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like the, like, I don't know. I True crime is something that I'm still very much like getting myself like into because like honestly it scared the shit out of me for a long time. But um, yeah, like basically what you said, like it's really interesting, like the angle that you approach us with in the sense of like a lot of, it's like to have the documentarian be the investigator. There's something personal about that. There's something more like, like, I don't know, like, or uh, what's the word? Like authorial. Like it's more like the, yeah. the author is the yeah. story. There's something about that. Yeah. And I definitely think that that can be really interesting. Could you imagine like, like think about like the biggest, like, like, I don't know, a great, a big crime that happened. Um, and imagine like seeing the person that uncovered it. It's like watching Spotlight. But if it were a documentary, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I so. think it's like this, Chris. It's like, I love documentaries that take a twist midway through. Even a movie, you know? Yeah. Like, think of Parasite. You know, that movie yeah. starts out as like kind of like a lighthearted comedy about class. Yeah. And then it kind of dives into the dark drama that is the, the dark side of capitalism. Or just yeah. capitalism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, whereas like... With Dear Zachary, you have this, it's kind of like Three Identical Strangers in that sense, but it's more tapped into the emotions and it has more to do in its runtime. Mm. So I don't know if that sells it any better or whatever, but. I think that certainly sells it better. Okay. Uh, so this is this is an interesting thing for, since, for the first time since starting the show, uh, guys, we have a, we have a movie to catch. So let's, we gotta, we gotta hurry this up. <laughs> you know, we haven't been able to use this as an excuse yeah. early in the show because the movie theater has been closed, but we got a movie to catch. So let's quickly go through our films and figure out this final stack. So Chris, start us up with your films. Yep. Our first film, my first film is Joshua Teenager vs. Superpower. Next up is Don't Fuck With Cats. And finally is Blue Planet 2. All right. I got Minding the Gap, Apollo 11, and Koyana Scotsy. All right. I have 2001 World Series film, Diamondbacks versus Yankees. I have uh, 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 Free Solo. And then I've got, uh, sorry, I was thinking about what Will Smith song from Spies in Disguise. Uh, <laughs> and then my last one is Dear Zachary. Okay. So I have a pitch. Go for Go it. Okay. So I think um, I would love to see either Koyana Scotsy. Uh, and or Blue Planet 2 make it in. Um, I think both of those are great. Um, and to pair with that, um, I think it'd be nice to throw in a, uh, a, either a Dear Zachary, maybe, because I think true crime is really something that's picking up and it sounds fascinating. Um, yeah. 
So, and the one thing I'm wondering about that is like, if we took those three films, do you think Koyana Skatsi and Blue Planet 2 are a little bit too similar in the sense of like the kind of grandeur of it? Or is it kind of, I don't know. What do you think? No, because it's about two completely different subject matters. Blue Planet 2 is about the ocean. It's about a completely different world where Koyana Skatsi is about ourselves and our collective oh, culture, you know? So... Yeah, yeah, I guess I they was would g- make a good pairing because I, they're opposites. Yeah, I would say so. So I would, I think, um, and I want Dear Zachary because I think we need those sorts, those kinds of stories in this stack to sort of show you the power of documentary. You know, I think. Oh, we should, Yeah, that's true. I, I think we should start with like a Blue Planet Two, where I think Blue Planet Two is sort of like what people think of when they think of documentaries. You know, nature documentaries. It, it is pretty stereotypical of um how someone David was shooting not nature document but it's or, not it's not yeah. necessarily stereotypical it just it's the blue planet series and like planet earth it set the standard you know um so i think we kick off our stack with that and then we go completely into something personal like dear zachary and show you how these uh do- how documentary can tell us much small scale stories but also like reveal the darkness of humanity but also like some hope you know and then I think we take it back out with Koyana Skatsi and like show how documentary can really go outside of the box and, and sort of show like what it what it really means to be documentary because it's a wide spectrum of what it means to be a documentary. You know, I think we have three different kinds of documentaries here, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I really like the, the those three being paired together. One thing I am wondering though, I don't know, I'm not necessarily opposed to it, but I'm wondering, do you think Blue Planet Two being started because because they're doing it six hours long? Do you want to like end with that, or do you think you can just make pick it your favorite know. episode? You could pick your favorite oh, episode. The uh, the life cycle of the whale. I think you'd. I think you should watch. Oh, that the whale. Oh. Yeah. Of that whale, I think that is just absolutely like that's some of the best television I've ever watched. Was that episode? That or if you're I a know. true stacky, yeah, then you can watch all of the Blue Planet. And that's then if right. You're not. <laughs> you make the commitment watch all of blue planet too but if not i'd recommend that episode you guys down down Brandon? yeah hell yeah all right so let's run down stack's official most quintessential documentary film stack chris start us off yep our first documentary is a classic form of documentary it is a environmental film um a david anbruff uh yeah, epic about uh nature and the world beneath the ocean um uh, amazing fascinating beautiful gorgeous uh everything you could ever want in a nature doc please go check it out and if you can only have the time to watch one episode watch the one with the blue with the with the with the life cycle of the whale it'll do you some good yes check it out uh mine is uh dear zachary a terrific documentary about a documentarian getting involved in his own documentary. It is very personal. It is very emotional, but it also is so intriguing and fascinating. I can't get enough of this. You won't either. And kicking it off, or not kicking it off, finalizing, finishing it off, sorry about that, (laughs) is Jeff Godfrey Reggio's um, phenomenal film, Koyana Skatsi, the film about life and the world around us and our life out of balance and what it means to exist, what it means to be everything. Bah, it's a mind fuck. Please check it out. And that'll do it for our final stack here about documentaries. Thank you all for listening. Uh, yeah.
Yeah, okay, bye. I need to see Quiet Place 2. Get out of here. Yeah, we gotta go. Gotta go.